Well, thanks again for listening to the Park Hills Podcast. If you want more information on things we're doing, go to parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. So last week, wine, this week, debt. Uh Our two favorite topics. (laughs) Let's dive into the concept. So, you know, in in Habakkuk 2, starting at verse 6, we're going to unpack five different woes over the next five weeks. And the woe that we, we really start here has kind of just an interesting aspect to it, the idea that, uh, they are basically the Babylonians are taking on debt, so to speak. They are uh, by doing what they're doing, they're they're piling up for themselves debtors, people who are are going to eventually come back and and want this for them. And so it, it kind of opens up a can of worms a little bit like the word wine did last week. And so let's start there, and then we're going to end this with us talking about debt. But please understand, I'm going to put this caveat right now in front of this. Uh, this is a topic that I think is there's there's truth in it, there's value in it, but we also know that everybody has very strong opinions one way or the other, and especially you know if you're doing a financial, you, you know, uh, some type of financial program, you might have very strong opinions about debt, and that they're probably good opinions for the most part. They probably work, and or, or they will work for you in the long run, but we, we kind of have to narrow it down a little bit and talk about it in some different ways that may or may not be comfortable for everyone. And so don't come after us. We're just kind of talking this through here and opening up a, the can of worms. Is that a fair opening? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> fair is the word. Um, yeah. Uh, this is kind of uh, a part Two, not completely a part two to last week. We're gonna we're gonna refer to last week. So if you haven't listened to that one, maybe you should. Especially when we talk about how, do we take things literally or figuratively, or sometimes we say the literal or the literary mm-hmm. meaning. And so that's we, we kind of wrestle with that in verse well six, seven, and eight. But right. you know, verse seven talks about debtors arising. So. We have to ask ourselves, is is the woe here against Babylon, or the Chaldeans as they're called here, is the woe that they have borrowed finances or they have taken finances and the people that they owe money to are going to call back those loans and then in that take them back for all they're worth? Or is it talking more about like a moral debt and Whereas last week was a little less clear or straightforward or a little bit harder to work through. I think this week's a little bit easier, right? It's a lot easier because I think when we read it in today's world, we live in a capitalistic society where debt is a necessary evil, so to speak, to make it work, right? In order for right. you to build a business, you probably have to borrow money from somebody to build the business. Now, you're, you're sort of cashing in on yourself and you're hoping that the amount that you've borrowed is ultimately going to be paid back in full and beyond and you're going to make money off of this business. So you take out a loan for $100,000 or something to start a company and then you'll sell it for a billion dollars. That's like everybody's yeah, hopefully, dream. Hopefully, yeah. It's everybody's dream. If you can get out Shark Tank. Sure, exactly. So I, I think 
we are we are going to think of it as well. The Babylonians had to take out money to do this. The problem is they didn't live in a capitalistic society, so already we can sort of throw that out the window. The Babylonians did not go find other foreign governments to take care of them. Right. They didn't go to anybody and say, "Hey, we're going to go make a campaign against the Judahites." You know, we're going to move down and go after Judah. Why don't we? borrow a billion dollars from you so that we can pay for missiles and pay for horses and pay for people and go down and do this. That That's the way it works in our world today, but that's not at all how it worked then. You compiled wealth by taking over other people and built yourself a stockpile. You made people fight for you. You put the slaves and the people that you hated on the front lines. If they died, you didn't care. And then you put in your best troops near the end to wipe out the final pieces of this. It's a totally different style of living, a totally different style of warfare, a totally different style of everything. So already there, you're going, the word debt here does not mean what it means today. Right, right. Babylon didn't go in and like borrow money from the Assyrians and and Habakkuk is not warning them, hey, you shouldn't be borrowing money because they're going to call your loan and you're not, you're going to, you know, have to file for bankruptcy and all that. Um, Correct. Th- there's a moral plundering, and you see that the blood of man in violence of the earth to the cities of all who dwell. Like those, they're going to plunder you. They're going to call back this this moral decay that you are imposing on everyone else. That moral debt is going to that, or that moral decay is going to come back on you, just like a financial debt would come back exactly to get you. So yeah, I think here we're definitely talking. Uh, in a literary form that Habakkuk, the Lord speaking through Habakkuk, is using finances as an illustration of how, what the Babylonians are doing, Mm -hmm. they think is helpful to them now, is going to come back and hurt them in the long run. And so that kind of, it uses that concept of debt, right? Debt is, or we should say can be harmful. The, The tricky thing with debt though is we do have to be careful how we understand debt today because like you say we live in a capitalist society we don't live in like you know in ancient israel the land would always belong to your family yep. you you could not actually permanently sell it right that was the idea of the jubilee Correct. year yep. like that land always belonged to your family if you sold it at the jubilee year it came back to you so it was essentially this idea of like renting additionally we have things like uh legal protections you can't go to prison for owing someone money you can declare bankruptcy and it's sometimes called bankruptcy protection that Mm -hmm. is a protection that you have against it so so it's a little bit different but it does make us think and talk about okay when is debt financial debt for us as believers today when is it wise and when is it not wise because other places in scripture have some things to say about debt too right Sure. And I think if we're going to put this together to make it make sense with the passage we're talking about, if you think about this as a metaphorical debt, the idea that the Babylonians are are taking on something they can't pay for, they are building up for them a moral debt that cannot be overcome by anything, eventually people are going to come looking for that money. You could be talking here about other nations, right? It's not real money, but there are other nations are going to say, no, you took advantage of us. You did this. The blood of our people is crying out from the ground. Now we're coming after you. 
which clearly is a some type of connection there to the Assyrians because that's how Babylon took over. Is they basically stabbed the Assyrian ruler, wiped him out, and then they kind of became their own power and, and ran from that. So if you take all that stuff and set it aside, there are a ton of passages in the Bible that talk about debt, right? Jesus talks about debt. He says, you know, who would not consider the cost of a tower before you built the tower? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't uh, go out and start building something without considering how much it's going to cost. If you only built it halfway, you'd be super embarrassed about that. So Jesus is saying this about discipleship. You know, if you're going to fo- come follow me, you need to do so in a way that you look around and realize, here's the cost of what it's going to cost me to put my hope and my 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 submission to Christ. And if I'm going to follow him, at the end of the day, I can't question how much it cost because I knew how much it cost to start. Yeah. Yeah. Another one that I hear a lot is uh, Proverbs 22, 7, borrowers are slave to lenders. And I hear this from Dave Ramsey and his army, as mm-hmm. I affectionately call them, Yeah, uh, to talk about how how um, unwise debt is. I, they often leave off the first half of the verse, which is rich pe- people rule over those who are poor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a proverb is not a promise. It's not a a direct statement of this will exactly happen. So it's not saying that rich, if you are rich, therefore you are justified in ruling over poor people. But what the proverb is saying is, hey, when you look at life, those who have money are able to do things that those who are poor aren't. Now that's not attaching necessarily a value statement saying, you know, they're better right. for that, but it's saying this is what happens. Borrowers are slaves to lenders. So use Which is true. Yeah. So use wisdom. What it's saying is, and, and you see that, and, and Dave Ramsey's army points this out as well. You see that often debt is a way that poor people remain poor. Yes. Because often, not always, but often debt is used to buy things that you can't afford. I want something, I can't afford it, but I can go into debt. And we call that consumer debt. And consumer debt often is not because you need it, but because you want it. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is you end up in this place where you are continually poor because you're always paying back things that you couldn't afford in the first place. And so therefore, borrowers are slaves to lenders. They owe something to the lender that they don't have. That's very different when we're talking about things like uh, I, th- I think there's a, there's a big difference between personal finances and business finances. Like you mm-hmm. talked about, business finances are often in order for me to continue to make money or to make money, I need some capital to start. And so that's why a lot of people get business loans. It's very different than personal finance where you, you're thinking, I want something that I can't afford. It's not something I need. Sometimes it is. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh but some oftentimes it's I want something and therefore I will borrow money and pay back interest on it so I can have this now instead of waiting. Right. And if if debt was completely removed from the equation altogether, our economy would not exist mm-hmm. because we live in a capitalistic society. So the company that you work for, unless you work for the city or some other, you know, organization, city or state government or federal government your your organization that you're working for probably has some kind of debt somewhere unless they're Apple. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're, but even then, I, I have read articles from CEOs of major companies who say, actually, we take out loans at this amount because it's under 3% or whatever. 
and we live on that and we save up the rest and put it in the bank because what we're able to do with investments for the future, the money that we actually have in the bank, so to speak, works for us better. Uh, so us taking out a loan to do this. Now, okay, with that said, there is a day coming where debt can become a major problem. And this is one of the things we hear about on the radio all the time, right? The national debt is is well over $34 trillion at this point. And it's, uh, you know, we're in January 18th of 2024. So I, I want to be careful because, you know, it could be $40 trillion by the time someone listens to this or something. Uh, but at the moment, our, you know, our federal debt is is starting to create some issues for us and some questions arise, like who's going to call it in? When would someone call it in? Uh, where's this going to go? What do we do with that? Does it devalue the dollar? Does the dollar have any value in the, in the meantime at all? So even back to my point of, you know, if you are working for the city or the state or the federal government, there's a chance that you're also, your organization is also in debt. It's just in debt to its own people. And that doesn't make any sense. And you go, I did just, you know, the whole thing feels like it's going to collapse. And Donald Trump, you know, one of the okay. presidential candidates has said that it's all going to collapse. Uh, other politicians are saying everything's fine, nothing to see here. You know, you know they're they're moving the hat around and the, the the balls underneath one of the hats, and you're just trying to figure out which one it is. I think at the end of the day, we live in a system that relies upon debt. That is also a challenge that we need to consider. It, it, that's not to say that debt doesn't have a place and it doesn't have some type of value, but of course there's a danger in it. And in the end of the day, the, the proverb is still true. However, it doesn't mean that all debt is necessarily bad. Right. Right. Is that and, a nice way to skate around the whole problem a little bit? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I mean, it is like you really have to ask yourself, is debt wise? And I would say most of the time it's not. Correct. And that's the that's the wrestling we have to do as believers is to say, is this what God really wants me to do in this moment? Is this the proper way to use my resources and opportunities to go into debt for whatever um, – you know, it, there's a difference between wanting to buy a car versus wanting to buy a house. You can, there's, there's, I think, good debt with a house because you have to live somewhere. And if in our culture, our society, if you're not, if you're not paying for your own house, you're paying for someone else's right. through, through rent. And, and, and there's a time to do that. You know, of course we rented for, for an amount of time when we were first married. Um, so, but but I wouldn't say all mortgages are good debt because you can severely overbuy yeah. and be strapped to a mortgage you can't afford. Same or a mortgage you can't afford, or a house that ends up not being worth what you paid for it in the first place. Yeah. That was one of the big things that happened with the housing bubble in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, or or a house that just you're not using for the Lord's purposes to take care of yourself and your family. Like you didn't mm -hmm. need all these things, or yep. or you you needed more. It was it you know. I think this can swing the other way. Like you were so miserly that you bought a house that is not helpful to raise your family. And, you know, for right. example, like oh, I bought a house that doesn't have windows in the winter. Like, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, so it just, you got to look at both sides of that. Same thing with a vehicle. Like there, there's good and bad debts with vehicles. There's vehicles you can afford and vehicles that you can't, but often in our culture and society, again, as well, you most of the time need a car to get to work. Right. And a lot of people I know need certain types of vehicles to do their work. Mm -hmm. And so is, do you say, well, I'm never going to get into debt, so I can't buy this vehicle, but then you lose your job or then you can't do your job effectively. Mm -hmm. So there's that end. But then there's the other end of like, you know, I overspent on a vehicle that I didn't need 
and went into debt. And now I have this huge payment, this car payment that is strapping me to that. And now, and cars depreciate and now the car's not even worth, you know, now what do I do? Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it goes both ways. The idea is used wisdom, use wisdom with your debt. Yes. So if I can take that and wrap all of that back into Habakkuk. Look at this. Here we go. Here we go. Show us how it works. Yeah. Those types of wrestling that wrestle with debt, that wisdom of debt, this is what I think Habakkuk is trying to point out, that the how what debt are the Chaldeans in? They went and plundered the nations. Very unwise debt. It's it's wrapped in violence. It's it's wrapped in sin. And so they have taken on this huge, huge unwise debt. And the warning, the woe is that debt, just like all other debts, is going to come back and it's going to want you and you're not going to have anything to pay it back. Right. You're not using debt in the right way. You're not going to have anything to pay it back because you're morally bankrupt. There is no payback for this violence. And so when those debtors, I'm using quotes with, you can't see this obviously because you're listening. <laughs> when those debtors, quote, come to recall the, quote, debt, you're going to have nothing left and they're going to take you for it. And that's that's what Habakkuk is trying to say. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you. And if you just stop and and put all that together in your mind, you'll go, okay, I, I see it. That's not to say that all debt isn't bad, because I do think, in some sense, all debt is bad. To just in the reality that you owe somebody something. However, using debt in a wise way can actually be a very very good thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, owing just a little bit on your house and paying it off as fast as you can, and then using your house to do something else, sell it and use the increase that you sold off of to go buy something bigger and better for yourself. There's, there is wisdom in those things. And some of the people that manage debt well, including, by the way, a Dave Ramsey or others, because yeah. even there, he'll, you know, he'll say certain things you can absolutely do, certain things you can't. The guy also went bankrupt twice before he started his program. Yeah. Uh, and, and wants you to you know think this through. Part of what he's trying to push is that he wants your money to work for you. Yeah, that doesn't work in every society. It works in our society because you can put your money to work for you. Buying a thousand dollar cell phone may not be the wisest move for you. Buying a thousand dollars in gold might be way wiser, right? Because yeah. you actually own something that can come to value to you. Or as you know, they someone posted online one day, you know, buying a, a brick of iron can you know cost like twenty dollars, but taking that brick of iron and you know grinding it down and turning it into needles, then selling those those needles to a sewing machine or whatever, you can make fifty thousand dollars off that same thing. And you've 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 taken it. But if you didn't have the thousand dollars in the beginning to buy the, the brick of iron or whatever, you needed to borrow that. And if you put it to work for you, you can accomplish something. Yeah. So there is there is some value in the idea of debt. What God's point, like you're saying, is for the for the Babylonians, they are writing checks that they can't cash. Right, and moral they, checks. And going back to the pride, arrogance aspect of verse four from earlier in this chapter, and verse three, three through five, really, they are living in a place where they are so haughty, so caught up in themselves. They are so convinced they're never going to lose. And God's saying, "No, the debts are going to get. They're going to come calling for them, and when they do, they're going to lose." In the same way, we can take that, apply that to our lives, and I think this is the point you're making. I'm just trying to put it in a different way because not all of our listeners listen to everything the same <laughs> way. So I'm just trying to make it make sense for me. You know, for for me to think about that and say, am I living in a way that is arrogant and haughty, prideful, far away from what God would want me to be? 
then eventually it's going to come back and it's going to, I'm going to have to pay for it. Right. And when that happens, I'm going to hate my life. Yeah. When I rather live more wisely right now. Right. And either avoid debt if that's what I'm, I'm supposed to do or take on wise debt that leads to benefit and good things down the road. Yeah. Cause if you, uh, you know, if you think about, if you just took a giant loan, it would probably, if I, if I just went to the bank and they gave me a hundred thousand dollars, they're like, here's your loan based on, you know, whatever that would feel really good. And if I just said, I've got a hundred thousand dollars just to go nuts on, that's going to feel great until <laughs> it's gone and the debtor calls back the debt. Sure. And that's kind of what where this is getting at. It feels really good for Babylon right now. But they have to be well, they're they're not being careful. And so the point is when that debt gets called, they've spent all their morality, they're morally bankrupt. And 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 I, I think the big thing we we just have to remember is there is you have to use wisdom with this. Because mm-hmm. even like you were saying, and and I know this wasn't the point you were making, but I just caught something that I wanted to clarify when you you were talking about like, yeah, you know, you can use the money to buy a house and then its value grows. And then so you can sell it and buy bigger and all that. I think even that is can be taken to a direction of wisdom or folly. Yeah. Or folly in the sense that like my whole life is about gaining more instead of about serving the Lord. And so I just want to leverage this to leverage this. And you're leaving behind this trail of like, other people that you're taking advantage of. It's where that pendulum can swing. You can, you can say, well, then I'm not going to do that. And you can say, I'm not going to go into debt. And then you buy a house that doesn't have a roof and your family's not taken care of. And so you can, you can say it would be wise for you to be in debt so that, you know, you have a car that you can get to work in, or you have a house that can take care of your family or you have enough food. So, so then you can say, okay, well then I'm going to go into debt. And then you're just going to use that debt to, to gain and gain and gain and gain and your heart's not in it there. The wisdom is, are you trusting the Lord for this? Are you morally rich? And that then spreads to your finances. Here we see the Chaldeans morally bankrupt, that moral bankruptcy, that loan is getting called and they're going to suffer for it. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. I like that a lot. And so I think that if you just stop and think about debt, debt can be bad no matter how, how you do it. Work in the wisdom of the Lord and follow him. <laughs>